Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us on the Super Talk Radio Network online, wherever you're tuned in. Bob, Kelly, Luke. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, that's on our mind early in the show. They're our first uh, segment sponsor. And they're a great place to take your family tonight. Uh, the wife, the kids, everybody. Take the grandkids, go to Dickie's. You'll have delicious food. It's always fresh. Got that soft serve ice cream. Uh, the service is great. They're right by the mall in Hattiesburg. A great place for dinner tonight or anytime this weekend at Dickie's Barbecue. All right. Uh, Brent Freeman is the play-by-play voice of a Texas State University. That's who the Golden Eagles play next in basketball. He'll be on the show later. We were at Media Day yesterday for baseball. We've got a lot of interviews to bring you over the next few days. But today we're going to talk to the ace of the pitching staff, Tanner Hall. And uh, I think you're going to find this a really interesting interview because one of the things he talks about is all of the rumors that swirled last year about him leaving the program and going to LSU and taking the NIL deal and uh, and bolting. I think you're going to be really surprised at the uh, and what he had to say about what transpired uh, at the end of uh, baseball season last year. Uh, later, uh, maybe in this show, certainly early next week, we've got some great uh, conversations uh, with Coach Ostrander, with Danny Lynch, and uh, with Christopher Sargent, and we'll be bringing you all of that in the next couple of days. But first, basketball, both the men and women, went again last night. On the road, the women come from 10 points down to uh, beat Arkansas State 68-59. Dominant second-half performance uh, by the Lady Eagles. They had 40 rebounds on the night and uh, really uh, trailed through most of the first half uh, but came out, outscored the Red Wolves, uh, Arkansas State 17-10 in the third quarter. Never surrendered the lead, uh, outscored Arkansas State 46-27 in the second half, dominating second half by the Lady Eagles, who we're happy to say now improved to 14-6, and 7-2 and two in Sunbelt play. Here in Hattiesburg, the men defeated Arkansas State 73-57. Uh, the men improved to 18-4, and 7-2 in the Sunbelt. Luke Johnson, I know you were there last night. Really not, um, and I think we thought of this would be the case, really not that competitive. Uh, the Golden Eagles pretty dominant. They, it was in the second half. I mean, the Eagles had opportunities in the first half to to really break open the game, but 
allowed uh, Arkansas State, especially in the last uh, eight minutes or so, to hit some big threes, and Red Wolves hung in there. It was 33-27 at the half. Um, Eagles did shoot you know, 41%. Uh, Arkansas State shot 42%. Uh, and so you wondered how the Eagles would respond, and, and they did. I mean, they outscored uh, the uh, the Red Wolves forty to thirty in the second half. It was a, it was a fun night, you know. When you're when you're not keeping track of the box score in real time, just taking in the game, trying to figure out you know who's the leading score and, and noticing what's going to happen. But it was Pinkney again, Pinkney eighteen point seven rebounds. But a guy that um, that just goes about doing his business every day. Denajay Harris got another double double, eleven points and ten rebounds. Uh, Hase had a had a big three down the stretch. Crowley had a an opportunity to just bring to erupt the crowd. Went in for a one handed tomahawk dunk. Got chopped down. No call. Uh, the the uh, the student section and, and the rest of the uh, regreen Coliseum was a little agitated at the refs uh, throughout the night. But it was a fun win. Eagles uh, started stretching out the lead halfway through the second half and never looked back. Uh, Forty four rebounds and only six turnovers, Kelly. That's a formula for winning, especially when you're spreading the wealth like they continue to do. Uh, several guys in double digits there, Luke. You you mentioned. The thing about the officials, and I want to bring this up because Southern won. The Eagles won. So this is not any sour grapes or anything. But people who have followed the Southern Miss program making the transition from Conference USA to Sunbelt have, have several people have made comments to me that the officiating they have found to be, shall we say, inconsistent uh, in the Sunbelt. Is that the feedback that, that you're getting? And, and last night, very few fouls in the first half. And then the second half, they were calling everything. So what's up? Yeah, the the first half, Arkansas State's head coach was pretty flabbergasted. I mean, early on, he was he was really really frustrated. Uh, the second half, I looked up and you know I think can't remember exactly when it was. It's probably just under ten minutes, but both teams were already in bonus. Both teams had like eight fouls each. There were some pretty bad ones um, on on DeAndre Pinkney. He got intentionally tripped later in the game. Uh, wasn't a call there. They actually called a foul on the Eagles. I mentioned, uh, some of the, uh, the, the fast break stuff. But yeah, I mean, last night there were periods where, where the Eagles were the beneficiaries and then they turn around and would get messed over too. So, you know, you just, it's part of it. Uh, there was a few times, it's always funny watching Coach Ladner react, you know, uh, and being animated. But there was a time, I think Arkansas State's head coach intentionally called a timeout. Uh, to chew the refs out, and he did. He got on them pretty good, but it wasn't, especially in the second half. Eagles, when they started stretching open, you know, they didn't get as many calls. Calls started going against them, but the the student section as well as the rest of the greenhouse were were booing the refs multiple times. Hase went in for a slam dunk and and really got hacked. No no call. I the obvious ones. Let's call fellas, but these these hand check fouls. You know where you barely lay a hand on. Well, Those are the ones you can keep the whistle quiet. Mo Arnold got one uh, on the end of the court that we were we weren't pressing, but he was co- he was covering up the guy. And so you know, there's there's one Red Wolf on the uh, on the inbound side of the court. There's one Eagle, and they they got him. And you know, it was like it was his third foul. And the reason that Alvarez outplayed Arnold in minutes last night was because Mo got his fourth foul like right. midway through the second half, and Jay had to take him out. All right, 4,266 people was the announced attendance last night. And a note about Felipe Hase, he became only the sixth active, well, he became the sixth active player in Division I basketball to have at least 1,500 points, 800 rebounds, 300 assists. 
He's now scored 1,541 points, 806 rebounds, and 306 assists in his D1 career. So uh, Felipe Hase, quite the college basketball player and quite an addition to the Southern Miss basketball program. And they've defended the home court now, Bob, 11 straight times. 11-0 have not experienced defeat on the home court, and they hope that will continue tomorrow against the Bobcats. I got a text uh, midway through the second half uh, from Stats McGee, who was on with us yesterday, and he's like, hey, ULM and Marshall just went in overtime. And so I started following it. I actually missed a, like a pretty sweet uh, dunk and, and, and then another play by Alvarez because I was looking down at my phone following that game. So last night, ULM beats Marshall on the road, 86-82 in double overtime. So what that means is today, Southern Miss and Louisiana now are, uh, are in a two-place tie for first well, that place. That makes no sense, does it? Arkansas State beats Marshall on the road. That just makes no ULM. sense. ULM. 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 That makes no sense, does it? Well, not according to the preseason prognostications that had uh, the Warhawks and the Golden Eagles both to be at the bottom of the standings. And here they are battling for those top four seeds. And now the Eagles and Cajuns appear to be on a collision course when the Cajuns come back here February 9th. Circle that what. on your count. Isn't it the 9th? Yeah, it's the night. I tell you what, if if we win two out of the next three or three or, or these next three, February 9th is going to be a zoo. Yeah, inside yeah. Reed Green College. Uh, and I don't want to forget about the women's program either. Fourteen and six, seven and two. They're they're ten points behind last night through much of the first half. Come back, win the game, and I watched that game and enjoyed it thoroughly. I spent a lot of years coaching young women in tournament softball, so I'm aware of how competitive and tough girls' athletics can be. And uh, the game in, in Hattiesburg last night was not the only physical basketball game played, let me assure you. Those those young women were were throwing bodies at each other last night. It was a quite an entertaining basketball so game. So that point, Bob, Grayson had nine rebounds. Bracey had nine rebounds. Fuentes had seven rebounds. But guess who led the Golden Eagles in rebounds last night? Dominique Davis yeah. had 10, 10, yeah. 10 defensive rebounds to go along with her 16 second She half dominated points. the fourth quarter of the game, no and, question. And, you know, God bless Connor McNellis, all right, the, the son of Joey Lee McNellis. He's an assistant coach yeah. at Arkansas State. Mom put it on his team here at, at Reed Green Coliseum, and he said, they're coming back to our place. We're going to get them. Mm-hmm. And they led at half. The Red Wolves had a comfortable lead at half. Yeah. But mom emerges victorious once again. Shall I say that after trailing by 10 points at halftime, mom was pretty intense in the second (laughs) half of the game. Absolutely. Hey, we should should also mention the same thing with the guys. So last night had an upset. Coastal Carolina beat James Madison. So the Lady Eagles now back in first place, tied um, with James Madison, 7-2, and and Troy. All right, more basketball later in the show. My God, I'm so happy to say baseball is just around the corner. Media day yesterday, huge turnout. I guess that's what happens when you win the regional and uh, host the Super Regional. Great conversation uh, with a number of players, but Tanner Hall in particular. Tanner talks about all the furor about him leaving the program last year. We'll hear that next.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They sponsor this segment of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad they do. Miss Kathleen's one of our very favorite people. She's got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel wall-to-wall down there right now. She'll be open tomorrow if you want to stop by and say hello. Be sure to tell her you heard uh, about her great store on the Eagle Hour and uh, tell her you know Kelly Sander and you can pay full price for anything you want to pick. Well, actually, the stuff that I buy, I have to pay a few extra dollars for. We know why. (laughs) It takes a little extra material. All right. Media day yesterday at Pete Taylor Park. Huge turnout. Biggest turnout of media I've ever seen. And I guess that's what happens when you're a regional champion and you host a super regional and you're you're ranked in the top 25 of every major poll. So we got some great interviews with Christopher Sargent, Danny Lynch, Coach Ostrander, and uh, and this interview that I found particularly interesting, of course, Tanner Hall comes back as the ace. What do you call him, Kelly? The donkey? That, that's the one. He's the donkey of the pitching staff. And, of course, he had a magical year last year. Lots of talk last year that Tanner Hall was going to be swept up and go to LSU and uh, where he, he was born and raised right around Baton Rouge. Well, I asked him about that. I asked him about his expectations. I think you're going to like what his comment was about the, the rumors of him becoming an LSU Tiger. Tanner Hall on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Tanner, I don't need to tell you, last year was a magical year for you. I was in Pearl when I think you really emerged and you shut down Mississippi State the way you did, and and then you go on to have the great season. You're coming into a new year. Does that add pressure to you or just boost your confidence level? Uh, I would say it definitely adds no pressure. If anything, it just gives me more opportunity to uh, just keep moving forward. I mean, Definitely got to use confidence to compete on the mound and when you're competing against other Division One baseball players. So that's that's for sure so one thing I'm going to carry with me. But definitely I look at, it as that, look at it as more opportunity and more ability to just keep moving forward. All right, you clearly come in as the ace of the staff and, and the only player that Coach Barry was willing this afternoon to say will be a weekend starter. So talk about the staff that will be around you because there are going to be some new faces. All right, so, I mean, there is a lot of new faces. Uh, out of the back end, we got guys like Luke Trahan, uh, Tyler Martin, um, Holland Towns. Those guys are going to be big aspects back there, I feel like, because they are competitors, and that's what Coach Oz likes is a guy that's going to go out and compete. As far as early on, I mean, they're not 100% sure about starters, but, I mean, you can go ahead and look and tell Nico Mazza, Matt Adams, uh, Billy Oldham, those guys all have what it takes, and I think they all have that consistency factor that starters have. And based on the falls they had and even this early spring kind of throwing in these uh, live ABs, you can really see that they're they're going to be competing for one of those days on the weekend and who knows what day, but they're definitely ready and we're excited. Christian Ostrander, what has he meant to you, Tanner, in your career here? Uh, I mean, honestly, he kind of he's the one who developed me into – who I am as a pitcher as far as trusting my sinker and my changeup to be my pitches because, I mean, I've had coaches that have tried to make me develop the, a, a new breaking ball because that's what was going to get me to the next level uh, in high school. I struggled struggled with that as I was told I didn't have a good enough breaking ball to pitch at the SEC level. So that's why I was like, okay, well, good. I'll go to Southern Miss and go somewhere where we can beat teams like that. Which and, you did. Yes, we did. And uh, But basically, I, I just 
Wait, what was the first part of that question? Just w- how, what he's meant to you throughout oh, yeah, your yeah. career. Uh, but, yeah, he got me to trust these pitches and trust my sinker and trust myself, really, and develop my confidence kind of through the roof just by talking to me and helping me realize that it's a game out there and we're all just having fun. And I've played it my whole life, so it's no different whether I'm in the in the high school level or in this Division One level. I just got to keep playing the game. All right, you endeared yourself to Southern Miss fans last year, obviously with your performance. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the year, when all the rumors were swirling around that you were going to go to LSU, that you were going to leave, so one player did leave. The fact that you spoke up publicly and your family did and you said, I'm a Golden Eagle and you came back, put you, I think, on another level. Take us through that process and, and what your thoughts were. Uh, I mean, so I was also hearing the rumors of, of people wanting me to go to LSU and things like that. I had so many messages in my inbox and my Instagram DMs and things like that of people that wanted me to come. but. For me, this is where I developed myself and became who I am, and I feel like leaving these roots, whether or not I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi or not, but leaving here to go somewhere else just was never really on my plans to do, so that was never a thought whenever it came down to it, because this is where I created Tanner Hall, this is where I created myself, so I'm not going to go somewhere else and, and share that whenever I have everything I could possibly need here. I mean, the coaching staff's amazing team's amazing. I mean, these guys here are all my best friends, all, every single one of them. So, like, that's just something that I couldn't walk away from, and I would not have felt good if I did walk away from it. And I, I stand on that. I feel like loyalty is a big, big part of baseball, and it's a huge part of my life. I, I, I don't keep people around that aren't going to be loyal to you, and I don't think others should do that either. Uh, so to clarify, when everybody was so worried and all the rumors were floating around, Tanner Hall was never considering that. He was. I was never leaving. You. That's correct. I, I was always going to be here, and I, I honestly never really put any thought into into leaving this place. All right. So Tanner Hall, uh, I think that answers the rumors. And once again, we we see that you shouldn't believe anything you read on the internet. But you know that's old school. That attitude is old school. Yeah. That, that's the way it always was. You give somebody your word. You didn't need to have it in ink, right? I mean, your, your handshake was your word, and it just brings a smile to my face. Now, again, we're, we're old, right? But it's good to see that, that some people still won't jump at the first flashy thing that's uh, it's put in front of their face. It, Kelly? it sure is. Let's go, man. Let's go, Tanner Hall. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. No, you, think about what he said. So he knows what he has now. But he knows that he didn't get to where he is now without the coaches at Southern Miss, without Oz, without his teammates. And that gets forgotten in transport. It, okay, so it, it is old school. It's going to be even more old school as we continue. But here's the point. Teams like Southern Miss, programs like Southern Miss, we're not going to be the developer of talent and, and a farm system. Okay, that's what that's what Tanner Hall is basically saying. Now, it's up to the individual players we, we saw one person basically do that. They took the talents that Southern Miss made them and took it somewhere else. That's their choice. But I see Tanner Hall saying that we're not a farm system for, for P5 programs. We're a top 25, top 20 program in our own right, and that's why he wants to – because, Bob, what did he say? He said, okay, you don't want me, we'll go beat you. Which they did. And, and here's yeah. the other thing when, it, when you're talking about kids from Louisiana, and this comes from Northwestern State coach Bobby Barbier, who has had his signed kids to – to scholarships at Northwestern State 
they have a good year, then LSU, and I'm just going to call it like it is, LSU will call these kids and say, we don't have a scholarship for you, but you can walk on. And he said, you cannot believe the number of kids that are willing to walk away from a scholarship just to walk on at LSU. The power and allure of LSU in that state right. is it's amazing. What happened when they came to this state? They got their butt beat. No, they did. They did. But I'm just saying that's what makes Tanner Hall's opinions even right. more remarkable because you know that you know there were people in Louisiana saying, have you lost your mind? A chance to be an LSU Tiger? Uh, well, he's from Zachary. Yeah. I mean, he's from North Baton Rouge. Well, and, and prior to the interview, uh, prior to the media day starting, I was visiting uh, with Coach Oz at his office and he was just talking in such glowing terms about this kid and his loyalty to the program. You know, his dedication to the program. Uh, Tanner Hall is a beloved kid on the baseball program, and I think he's elevated himself even more with Southern Miss fans. To the point that I believe, Luke, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he has been he has been named one of the captains of this year's team, yes? No, Storm and Lynch. Ah, yeah, shoot. Yeah, the two I, thought, I thought Tanner Hall was. Yeah. My apologies. He well, can be an Eagle Hour captain any any day. Of the well, day. no question, and he's just he's such an outstanding kid, and uh, that was so refreshing for me to hear that. And in, in this day and time, where it's all about the money, 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 and what am I going to get? What am I going to get? His loyalty is to the the coaches that developed him and to the fans that support him. And I dare say, guys. He will be more popular this year than ever before after this interview is heard. Absolutely. Well, there's the old adage that there's no I in team, but in this day and age, people will point out, but there is an M-E. So, uh, Before we hit this next commercial break, Bob, what I was most intrigued just reading the notes, you were there. Uh, we, we will see one of the position players pitch some this year. Dustin Dickerson will be pitching this year. And uh, Coach even said who will back him up when he's uh, – he said late end. So he's going to come in as a relief pitcher. But he made that clear that Dustin Dickerson will be pitching this year. And because you're, you remember last year, it was kind of floated out there maybe, but there was no definite. And so, you know, Coach, Coach uh, Barry says that yesterday. Creek Robertson from Madison Central will will be the, uh, the shortstop when Dickerson comes in. So it's exciting. Yeah, and you get, you get the distinct impression – clear signal that Golden Eagle fans are going to see a beast playing center field this year. A real superstar playing center field, it looks like. All right, we'll have more interviews from uh, baseball all next week. Right now, we're going to go back to basketball, talk to the play-by-play voice of Texas State, Golden Eagle's next opponent. That's next on the Eagle Island. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, 4th Street Bar and Grill is the sponsor of this segment. Great place to go this weekend. If you don't make it to uh, Reed Green tomorrow, make sure you go by 4th Street. Guarantee you the basketball game will be on there. I'm sure the NFL championship games will all be uh, on the air there. Kelly has a little interest in that uh, Sunday. Big Chiefs fan. 
Uh, of course Boo. Boo. <laughs> As everybody knows. Uh, you know, again, real quickly, Tanner Hall, loyalty, old school, great kid, great player. I think he's probably elevated himself to a new plateau of popularity uh, here at Southern Miss. News to him that he was supposed to go to LSU. Yeah, news to Tanner Hall is exactly right. All right, we we think we're going to see a really good basketball game tomorrow afternoon uh, here in Hattiesburg. Texas State coming to town. They're eleven and eleven on the year, four and five in the league. Beat Georgia Southern last night, and uh, we're happy to have uh, Brant Freeman, who does the play-by-play uh, for that fine university. Brant uh, looks like a good competitive team coming in, and uh, Southern Miss undefeated at home, drawing big crowds, a lot of excitement. This should be a fun Saturday afternoon. It really should, guys. You know what's funny is that um, the two teams, you, you know, you look at the preseason polls and, and everybody knows what you can do with those, right? They mean nothing. You can throw them in the trash, but they are what they are. You know, Texas State was picked to finish second as they were coming off back-to-back regular season Sunbelt championship years and Southern Miss being newcomers picked 13th, and, you know, here we are, right? You know, the Golden Eagles are among the best teams in the league right now, and, you know, Texas State's kind of having kind of a down year by their standards, but, as you said, not only coming off a big win, they've played their best basketball on the road this year. So looking forward to a great environment and what should be a good basketball game. All right. Names and kids that Southern Miss fans should be aware of that play for Texas State. Well, probably the star on the team is Mason Harrell, uh, point guard. He was preseason first team, all Sun Belt, a big catalyst behind the success the past couple of years. However, he's been battling some injuries. He missed a second straight game last night. I'm not sure what his availability would be for the game tomorrow, so he may or may not play. Now, the guy coming off a really big game uh, is a post player, Nigel Caesar, tied at career high with 23 last night, one of the best games I've seen him play all year. So he's certainly a name to watch, and, and we have one of the young, exciting freshmen right now in the conference, and Jordan Mason, who wasn't expected to get a lot of playing time, but because of a slew of injuries to the team, he's gotten a lot more opportunities, and he's really made the most of it. Um, so those would be two names I would certainly watch out for. And if Harold does play, then he could definitely be an, be an exciting player to uh, look out for as well. So, Brent, do the, do they say Hale Caesar when uh, when Caesar? <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't I, history will tell you you don't want to mess with those Caesars. You know, beware you the. Know, um, I'm not supposed to steal material, but I might be stealing that, that from you now. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, younger people probably won't even know what we're talking about. But nonetheless, um, the team is is the same number of wins, same number of losses. Would that was that would that indicate any level of inconsistency during the year, or what hasn't gone as expected? I think, without a doubt, the record is in is indicative of kind of the way the year has gone and. I mentioned the injuries, so at least eight players have missed uh, a minimum one game, and that's tied for second most in the country at this point. So it's led to, I think, 11, maybe 12 different starting lineups for the first 22 games. So in terms of, like, chemistry as a coaching staff, knowing, you know, trying to figure out rotations and that kind of deal, it's been extremely difficult. You know, they've also, you know, played some really good teams at home, you know, this year. Uh Already in conference, they've hosted Marshall and Louisiana, two of the better teams in the league. And now conference play, a couple of really good mid-majors in Texas and Rice and Sam Houston. Um, they, but, but at the same time, they go on the road and they seem to, to play better. Got a quality mid-major win at Rhode Island early in the year. They got their first Power 5 win since 98 uh, against Baylor 
98 was the was the last time they won. That was at Baylor, but the win this year was at Cal. Um, they they had a four game road swing in the league recently, and they won three of them. Um, so the team's been very hot and cold because of the injuries. Um, again, they seem to play better outside of San Marcos, and so hopefully, if, as far as they're concerned, this serves them well tomorrow. Yeah, but that's not going to sell a whole lot of season tickets. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, right? Yeah, the fans. Uh, I don't think we're going to travel a whole lot to Hattiesburg <laughs> tomorrow. You know, you want to play well at home so the fans keep coming back. Uh, but but no, you're uh, you're right. That doesn't sell a lot of tickets. So before I cut you, over, t- send you over to Luke Johnson for some questions. So what does this team do especially well? What are some numbers statistically that have jumped out at you this year so far? They defend really well. With since conference play started, they uh, they had the lowest um, opponent scoring average uh, in the Sun Belt. Um, just a, a hair over 60 points a game. The style of play they have is that, they, you know, you think about some of the teams in the league. Uh, Marshall's a great example, and James Madison. They want to get up-tempo. They, you know, they want to play a game in the 80s and 90s. And in some of these games, Texas State has been able to dictate pace and tempo and kind of drag teams along with them. It's a very poor man's version of the grit-and-grind Memphis Grizzlies, you know, back in the – uh, Zach Randolph, Marcus Gasol, uh, Tony Allen days, and um, uh, and so th- that's their comfort zone. Playing games in the fifties and sixties, they beat James Madison on the road, a team that was that's putting up better than ninety points a game. They beat them pl- playing at the game of the sixties uh, there in Harrisonburg. Um, so the way they they play defense, just how hard they tend to play defensively. You know, they typically are very good about shot selection. Um, it's not a high-volume team, but they have a bunch of 20-point-per-game kind of guys that to be very selective. I'll be honest, it's not the most exciting brand of basketball to watch, but, but what they do, they tend to do very well. Talking to Brant Freeman, play-by-play for Texas State as they come in tomorrow to Reed Green Coliseum. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the head coach, Terrence Johnson. I mean, he's a guy Southern Miss fans should be interested in. He's right down the road in New Orleans, played at Southern, and in his first two years, back to back, what you said, regular season championships, back to back, Sunbelt Coach of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. What do we need to know about him and and uh, his approach to, to this Texas State program? Uh, he's been uh, a tremendous addition, you know, to the to the Texas State you know coaching family, and uh, the circumstances in which he got the job were were difficult. You know, the coach that um, was here before him was Danny Casper, who was uh, you know a tremendous mid major coach so many years. Stephen at Boston um, in the Southland. He left SFA to come here, and at the time Casper arrived, the program was uh, really struggling. Hadn't had a winning season in a very long time. Never really any postseason success. Coach Casper comes in and kind of you know reinvents the program and brings Terrence Johnson on as an assistant. I think by his second year at Texas State, um, some things happened, which led to a sudden resignation of Coach Casper, and this all kind of happened during the pandemic. So Terrence Johnson's taking over in those circumstances, you know, interim head coach trying to coach through a pandemic. Um, and what's funny that first year they lose a non-division one game to a D three team and they don't let that affect them. They, you know, go on to win the Sunbelt championship and they had a repeat year, you know, the following year, which had never happened in the history of the program, wow. you know, and I think he's only the fifth coach ever in the Sunbelt to win coach of the year in back-to-back season. So, He's just done a really tremendous job, and every coach you talk to in the league would tell you how well-respected he is. Just one of the great young coaches in the game right now. Absolutely. So see him on the sidelines tomorrow. Um, I asked Matt Stoles from Arkansas State uh, this Wednesday. but mm-hmm. so, so with the addition of the new teams, 
Is there more parity in the league now than was before, or how has the reshaped conference, how do you see this year uh, across the Sun Belt in the league? There's certainly not a runaway winner right now. You know, maybe there'll be some separation. We get to get to the end of February, but it's a dogfight, you know, right now. And, you know, there's not a lot of bad teams in the league. You mentioned Stoles, and I know Arkansas State is struggling, and um, Georgia State's kind of having a down year. But if you look at the standings, like 1 through 10, I think it's all separated by three games right now. And we, we had a conversation with Georgia Southern's head coach, Brian Berg, before the game yesterday. And the way that he described it was you have 14 dogs fighting over one bone right now. And I thought that was a great analogy. And that's kind of what it's been. And what a tremendous, you know, set of additions, uh, between, you know, Southern Miss and JMU and, and Marshall, um, you know, and, uh, Old Dominion. I think it's made the league better. Um, and, but at, at the same time, now you got more teams beating each other up. Uh, I'll tell you this, there is no clear cut favorite when we get to the tournament in Pensacola. I'll say that much. Bob? Should be exciting, Brant. We really appreciate uh, your time very much. <clears throat> we're going to get you back later. We're, we're about out of time, but you did make mention uh, off air that uh, everybody was so excited about Sunbelt football, and your attention went to Sunbelt baseball pretty quickly. It's going to be uh, talk about a league where people are going to beat up on each other. That that should be the case for baseball, right? Absolutely, and I'll tell you this, too. Some of my colleagues I've talked to in the Sunbelt cannot wait to go to Hattiesburg to uh, witness, you know, what the environment is like there for a three-game weekend series. So, yeah, um, yeah I, you know, first pitch is three weeks away for, for, from today, and I can't wait. It, this should be a, a, hell, yeah. a hell of a baseball season. Well, tell them they'll find very humble, very quiet fans here in Hattiesburg. <laughs> right, I'm sure, we, I'm sure they will. <laughs> and and we'll, we got to go to San Marcos this year. I think we uh, we open up with, with you guys. I mean, that's – uh, a super regional team with us, and you guys should have been a super regional team out at Stanford last year, but it's going to be fun, Brent. Absolutely, guys. Looking forward to that as well. Thank you a lot, Brent. We appreciate it. Brent Freeman, play-by-play boys, Texas State University. That's going to be a good basketball game tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Yep. 2 o'clock. Looking, looking forward to that. And the crowds continue to get larger and larger and larger. All right, we'll be back. Last uh, segment of the Eagle Hour for this week coming up next. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff with Brant Freeman from Texas State. Golden Eagles take on Texas State tomorrow in men and women's 2 p.m. The men take on Texas State and Reed Green calls him. Ladies on the road at 4 p.m. As uh, they had, they woke up in Jonesboro, guys, and I think Memphis, Dallas, Austin, and then you can kind of if you go to if you go to San Marcos, Kelly, right, you can fly into San Antonio or Austin. Because it's kind of in between. You know, that used to be, when it was Southwest Texas State, that used to be a big spring um, spring break destination down there in the San Marcos area for whatever reason. I don't know if it still is or not, but uh, 
Anyway, uh, Eagles uh, men tomorrow at two, women at four. Texas State is um, is the opponent. We're live from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, happy to have you on the Eagle Hour today for segment. Brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT on the left, D1 Training on the right. Great facilities, great training. It's all there, DBAT and D1, dbathattiesburg.com. Men's tennis uh, canceled today. They're supposed to take on, I believe, North Alabama, but it's canceled. Ladies going to take on uh, Florida A&M Sunday. Uh, they are down um, in the Sunshine State. And so that's really with with tennis and basketball. It's really all we've got going on this weekend. There will be a football game tomorrow uh, for a Southern Miss a Golden Eagle, the NFL PA Bowl tomorrow in Pasadena, California at 5 p.m. on the NFL Network. Jason Brownlee will be playing in that game. And according uh, you know, to a lot of social media, he's been garnering a, a lot of interest and has really shown what he can do. Mel Kuyper put out his uh, best uh, of board and Brownlee listed, I think, as the 12th best wide receiver. And, uh, guys, that kind of puts puts him in, in draft category. I think 28 receivers taken last year. Um, and so, you know, if, if he's in the top 15 or so, you may be looking at a anywhere from a fourth or fifth round pick for Jason Brownlee. I think he's improved his stock this week. Isn't it generally assumed, Luke, that if you get, that you wouldn't even get the invitation to the combine if most minds didn't think that you were indeed going to be a draft pick. Yeah, and, and I forgot to mention that. You bring it up. Uh, along with playing in that NFLPA bowl game, he did. Uh, was this week, Kelly, he got he got the official invitation to, right. to the combine. So yeah. pretty pretty incredible uh, for that guy. We've kind of seen him as a magnetic field for the football and uh, wins it more times than not in, in 50-50 coverage. All right, last night in um, the Sun Belt, we mentioned earlier with the Lady Eagles, they won. James Madison lost, so the Lady Eagles now um, at, at, in first place, tied with uh, with tied with James Madison on the men's side. ULM defeated Marshall last night, so the Golden Eagles first place, tied with Louisiana. Uh, both of them are uh, are seven and two. We mentioned earlier, Texas State uh, defeated Georgia Southern um, last night. But just a couple more games uh, to to note um, last night uh, uh, across the league. Um, well, I thought I had it pulled up, guys. All right, here we go. Uh, App State defeated Georgia State. James Madison defeated Coastal Carolina. Old Dominion beat South Alabama, and Louisiana beat Troy. South Al loses again in double di- or in single digit points. I know neither one of you are upset about that. No, and in- indeed not. But you know, you're talking about. Um, we talked about the-, the coach of the year for two years in a row. You know, if you if you had to give coaching coaches of the year awards today, now we still have a good month or so to go would you not have to give serious consideration to jay ladner and joy lee mcnellis that's the first point well, i think that's i mean right. on the men's yeah. side there's no question i mean who are you gonna well he, louisiana monroe all right they i mean that would be the only other logical choice because ladner they are, has won more games this year than he won in the last two years combined no, no i get it and, and that obviously would be my pick but i'm just saying you know nothing is ever seems to be that clear cut when there's votes involved or as as we've learned <laughs> in our electoral yes, process <laughs> uh, but then the other thing is in this year where we've talked about things are really riding high right now for golden eagle athletics pretty much top to bottom could you imagine both the men and the women's team getting NCAA tournament that bids. Be great? So both teams are tied. Both teams are in first place right now. In the or have a share tied of for, it. Tied for both teams 
in a two-way tie, or I think the ladies are three-way tie. The the last time Southern Miss was eleven and zero at home on the men's side, February 9, two thousand fourteen, and Reed Green had forty-three, forty-four hundred in attendance. It's the same thing happening nine years later. Now you've got the game tomorrow with Texas State. That's obviously front and center, but then they go on a two-game road trip. The first one in my opinion, will be the toughest of the two, and that's going to be at Troy. Yes, pesky old Troy. And then they'll go on from Troy on Thursday, and they'll just drive to the ATL and play Georgia State on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, the, the schedule's starting to wear down here a little bit, guys. Got to win tomorrow. Tomorrow's not going to be easy. Tomorrow's going to be a tough game. Especially yeah. because, as it was noted by Brent, that the Bobcats tend to play better on the road than they do at home. Right. All right, coming Monday, a former Carolina Panther. He had a great career in the National Football League, Chris Mangum. Also, a lot of people don't know this. He was a tight end coach at Southern Miss from McGee, Mississippi, played his collegiate career at Ole Miss. We're going to have him on the show uh, Monday to talk about his time at Southern Miss, and he'll be a great guy to talk about the championship games and how the Bengals and the 49ers are going to play for the Super Bowl. Well, I hope that half of that is right anyway. (laughs) Back Monday. Hope we see you at the basketball game tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.